Amen, amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, I received feedback after my first sermon uh, this morning, and uh, maybe online you can't see over that bar there, but someone told me I was the brightest pastor that we have, and I didn't know how to take that, so I'm a little bit distracted. Um, You know, last sermon, I know you guys remember all of my sermons, and so uh, the last sermon, uh, sometimes I make jokes, and and I said, you know, you know, next to godliness is taking out your pastor for dinner. And uh, so one guy came to me and he just said, like, so were you trying to say, like, we should take pastors out for lunch more often? And the short answer is yes, okay? And so in case you needed to be some clarification on that, uh, and actually, I'm actually very serious. Um, And I say that just because we love to hear your stories. We love to know you. Uh, We love for you guys to know us as well and share in the goodness uh, that God is doing in our family here. Um, You know, uh, I actually couldn't sleep very well last night because I was too excited for next week, okay? And so today's gonna be a good day, uh, but next week is Summit Sunday, and so we want everybody to sign up for the Global Leadership Summit next Sunday, and we're going to um, have some draws and some giveaways, and um, it's, it's just a great opportunity for us to, to gain, um, you know, world-class uh, leadership um, speakers, to hear from them and, and to gain from them uh, as we'll simulcast it here August 3rd and 4th, okay? And so as a host rate, um, we, we get the opportunity, uh, because your Chinese pastor negotiated this rate for you, okay, uh, to, to be here and to, uh, to try and um, listen, listen for the Lord, what he has for us. And not only that he'll change our community, but he'll change our church and that he'll use us to do it, right? And so um, we're super excited for that. Um, I heard that Pastor Andrew and I will be uh, having a competition of who many, how many we can sign up. He might be giving away a helicopter ride, but I'm gonna give away a cruise. So, all right. Um, so come, you won't wanna miss next week. It's gonna be awesome. All right, and so um, I have good news today and I have bad news, and the good news is that you're here for a good time, but not a long time. And um, I want you to think about somebody who obsesses about things, okay? Don't look at them, okay? It might be food, it might be celebrities, uh, you know, it might be sports, maybe some binge TV shows, um, a video game, Pokemon, Grays, uh, maybe country music, Star Wars, not Star Trek, uh, maybe Taylor Swift, or maybe it's Paw Patrol, or it's Cars, right? They talk about it all the time, right? They know all the names, and they correct you when you say those things wrong. They may have memorabilia. They might uh, go to these conventions, you know, they might have phone cases that show this, and they might have ringtones, right? Or they might have like Paw Patrol pajamas, right? We all know at least one, right? Do not point them out. Don't do it. They just gotta tell you about what they love so much, don't they? And at some point, it gets annoying, doesn't it? And we'll come back to these obsessive, annoying people. But let's jump into today, uh, we're in uh, Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. Today we're going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. In the last few chapters, Jesus has been teaching and performing miracles, right? 
And it's the talk of the town. Everyone is interested in, like, what do you have to say? And it seems like everyone is asking about the rules. All right, what do you say about marriage? What do you say about who is going to be God's favorite? About divorce, about hymns, about gender, about money, drums in the church, rich, poor, kids, dinosaurs, speeding, taxes. What do you have to say, Jesus? So we pick it up in chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. It says, one of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love him. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Verse 32, it says, The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken truth, the truth, by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know that it is important to love him with all my heart and with all my understanding and with all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And so, church, you've heard this before. Um, You know that we should love others and that we should love God. And so if you got this down, we, you're dismissed. You can go. All right? You're welcome. And uh, I'll wait. And then we're going to talk about you guys. Okay? And so uh, throughout the Bible, the commandment uh, is all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Is, uh, start, and Jesus is quoting here Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. We're created to worship, and God is deserving of all of our worship. People wanted to worship all kinds of things, give their devotion to things that would make them feel good or satisfy their own desires. It looked like they worshiped stuff, maybe other people, maybe rulers, maybe rules, maybe systems and statues, They worshiped innovation and timelines. They worshiped just stuff, accumulating stuff. And they worshiped creation and not the creator. They worshiped animals. And they really liked religion, which is doing stuff so you can get stuff. How many gods are we worshiping? Or maybe we could ask, What is it that we love and that we obsess about? As tempting as it is to dissect what loving God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength is, we're not going to do that today. Because I think the greater question Jesus is asking us this morning is, are you doing it? Are we going to walk the walk? 
So I said I have good news and I have bad news, right? The good news is you know how to love. I don't need to go over all the things you need to love. You were doing it since you were a baby. You know how you want to be loved. You know what it would make you feel good. You know what it would make you feel loved. And maybe some of you guys remember that I talked about a gift at Christmas. And receiving a gift, the best part about that gift is maybe not the gift itself, is that somebody thought about you. Somebody had to think about you the day before, the hour before, the week before, and go and pick out something for you and had a thought that's like, hey, I like this person. I want, I want to love them by giving them something. Maybe a kind gesture where somebody would say hi to you. You know how to love. The bad news is we're not very good at it, are we? You can probably remember in the last hour how you were not loving or how someone was not loving towards you. And so what is it that gets in our way? Maybe pride, maybe unforgiveness, maybe pride, maybe busyness, maybe pride. Those things often get in the way, don't they? Pride, it's all about you. I don't got time, I don't have to, I can't, I deserve, but I already did. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I tried. You are in control of your time, your finances, and your capacities. You get to choose if you're gonna love God and if you're gonna love your neighbor. How you're gonna love them and how often. Love is pretty hard to do on your own. Would you agree? I'm gonna invite my friend and bodyguard, Eric, to come up. He's gonna help us read some scripture today. So the best place for us to look at what love looks like and where it comes from is the word. And what does the Bible have to say about love? And it's all over the word of God. Uh, but today we're gonna look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 16. You can uh, just listen along or you can read along on, uh, 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 with your own Bibles. First uh, John chapter 4, verses 7 to 16, and we're reading out of the New Living Translation. Okay, starting at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. <laughs> 
Amen. Thank you. Okay, so the bad news first. You are incapable of loving God and others well. Incapable of doing it on your own. But there's good news. As we just heard, that love comes from God. And I know that you want to be loved. And Jesus loves you. God did that through his son Jesus. And even you want to give love. Let me just share with you a quick excerpt of um, in my research for, for this, uh, this morning. The Apostle John, who wrote 1 John and the Gospel of John, the Apostle John knew Christ well. He's telling us that we can have that close, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the witness of men who had direct and personal contact with him. The Gospel writers present their solidly based testimony on a historical reality. Now, how does that apply to our lives? It explains to us that Jesus came here as the Son of God to create union with us based on his grace, mercy, love, and acceptance. So many times people think that Jesus is off some faraway place that he doesn't really concern himself with our daily struggles, issues, and concerns. But John is telling us that Jesus is right here with us in both the simple and mundane parts of our lives and in the complex, soul-wrenching parts as well. John testifies as a witness of his personal experiences that God became flesh and lived among men. That means Christ came here to live with us and he still lives with us. As he walked the earth alongside John, so does he walk alongside each one of us each and every day. We need to apply this truth to our lives and live as Jesus were standing right next to us every second of every day. If we put this truth into practice, Christ will add holiness to our lives, making us more and more like him. Amen. So church, why is it so important that we get this right? Haven't you heard, they will know we are Christians by the way we vote, or the what we stand against, or by our doctrine. John 13, 35, it says, they will know we are Christians by our love. Do you know all the names of God? Do you boast about what he's done in your life? Are you posting about Jesus or watching hours and scrolling hours and listening to countless hours about our faith and about Jesus Christ? Do you go to every place you could to learn, to worship, and to encounter Jesus? I believe that people notice love. And our hope is that they say, hey, there's something different about that person. Remember those obsessive people? Like, I want you guys to be annoying, okay? Like, you, right, you know those people, right? They're always so helpful. They're always so kind. They always have a smile for you. They're always so generous. They're so caring. Like, ew, who wants to be around those people? May there be an aroma about you. 
Love the Lord your God with your whole heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Basically, he's saying everything, everything you got, all the time, in every circumstance, and to every person. This is what Team Jesus would look like. I have to say that uh, I think that this passage and today was for me because I'm really good at this. Okay? Um, just a couple days ago, I was playing hockey and might have been with some of you in the room. And, uh, and their best player was coming down on me and I was defending and he just lit me up like a Christmas tree and he scored this magnificent goal. And, uh, and I was impressed. Then I get back on the bench and my teammate looks over to me and says, hey Wes, good try, eh? And as sarcastically as you could imagine, and he might be sitting right over there or not, okay? And, and, and you know, it's like, bro, winning or love, hey? Okay? <laughs> Just remember that. I'm the humble hockey player, okay? And so I want you guys to notice that there is a hierarchy here is that we love God first. We're told to love God first and then love others. When have you loved God first and not loved somebody else? It just doesn't work, right? And so I want to encourage you is that if we have our eyes fixed on God, worried about loving him first, loving others is going to come and gives us his spirit. He wants your whole heart your whole soul, your whole mind, and all your strength so that he can fill you with his love and so you can give it away. I've seen this and I've experienced it. It is my story. It is the reason why I am a follower of Jesus is because somebody from the church chose to love a chubby Chinese kid that had knew nothing about Jesus. There's no way I would have talked, known the name of Jesus or even landed, stepped foot in a church if it wasn't for someone's invitation. GPAC is what we call you guys, Grand Prairie Alliance Church. This is our greatest strength. When people ask me about why I live in Grand Prairie, so I came from Edmonton, my friends are like, why are you still there? Right? And it's like, why are you there? Our greatest strength is us, is the people of God, is our church, is the love of Christ. And it's my honor to serve with you and to introduce you to each other because it is what glorifies God. It what encourages us in your faith and in your walk. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me as we uh, move to close here. I just want to thank you guys for last Sunday. Thank you guys for coming and hanging out and not being in a rush to leave, but to be the family of God, to have lunch together, to share with each other food and life. This is the church. This is Christ's love in action. We get to practice this every week. And there's no mistake that John is talking to believers in much of what he writes could we imagine that this would be an important issue for us, the church, today? Is to love one another. And so obviously we got this love thing figured out, right? 
Now, maybe you're new or you're newer and wondering where you fit. We invite you to join us. We actually should have a sign up at the front that says, no perfect people allowed. Because perfect people don't need a savior. But we're going to be the family of God. We're going to keep working at it. We're going to let the spirit of God change us from the inside out to love him first and to love others well. We're all on this journey of faith. And with God's help, they will know we are Christians by our love. And so today, uh, just two questions that I'm going to ask you guys to ask the Holy Spirit and how you would respond today. And the response is not do more, but maybe be more. Be more like Jesus. And would you ask God these two questions? Holy Spirit, would you show me how I can love you better? And the second question is, Holy Spirit, would you show me who I can love better?